welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with my buds, Thomas Patrick Dorian. Howdy. Yes, and Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. So, so glad to have the band back together, even though we've only gone for one week. Uh, but it's good. Thanks uh, for letting us back in. Absolutely, because <laughs> you bring the donuts, you know. <laughs> so, that's a good thing. Tom's always welcome. Ziggy, Thank what you. do you bring to the party? <laughs> you, you're on double secret probation at this point. I got some pancakes in my yeah. pockets. <laughs> well, all right, well, just hold on to those. You might need those at some point. But I will say this: uh, we we um, we took a like a, a little break, but um, that last series we did of of seven episodes on uh, the sorrows of Mary, the seven Loved sorrows it. of Mary. Loved it. Uh, we I I think that has yielded the most feedback we've ever gotten on our show. Woo! Yeah, yeah, and that's a good thing. Uh, most of it about Tom and his hair, but uh, there were a few that thought Duh. that thought the content was really good. Uh, but but uh, it it made us think like you know that the people are really responding, and and there's a couple of reasons I think one. Uh, one is it was kind of a novel idea just to do something basic about a devotional that's been around for a long time, and a lot of people don't recognize that stuff. But the other thing is, I think that sometimes these devotionals that happen uh, in our in our Catholic faith are, are sort of like just taken for granted sometimes, and mm. we and we do a lot of things by sort of rote. Uh, just memory. We just are, we rattle off prayers, or, or, or at least we're accused of that. And I, I, I'm, I am, I am, um, I'm speaking. Uh, I'm preaching with the choir here because I know you, you guys, you listeners are highly advanced because you're listening to the Catholic Cafe mm-hmm. number one. But, but also because uh, you know there are a lot of people out there that understand the depth and the breadth of the, the of these wonderful and beautiful devotionals, and that's how they've lasted for two thousand years. Some of these uh, things that we do. Uh, but but specifically, I think people at times need to be reminded why we do what we do. Yeah, and I think that was one of the powers of the Seven Sorrows of Mary, uh, and 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 sort of stopping each one. So like, let's stop and look. I know I've done in the past. I did a show one time on uh, on the Our Father, where we just basically broke down every phrase in the Our Father, and people were like, you know, I've prayed that so many millions of times in my life. I don't know that I've ever done that where I stopped and like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Why? What are the implications of that? So we thought we would launch into another, another little a little voyage. In fact, this voyage will take a little longer, so we'll probably do this in some some packages here. But we're going to focus on the rosary now, and I know that a lot of people are dedicated and they're devoted because it's devotional to the rosary, uh, and it's an important part of their life. But even the people I think who are devoted to the rosary might need uh, an opportunity to sort of allow the Lord to speak to them in another way. Uh, so so maybe the insights that, uh, you know, that Ziggy will have here, because uh, every once in a while, you know, he starts levitating here. <laughs> and so when that happens, I'll alert everybody. There's a little red light that'll go on on your radio when, when, when Sam is levitating. I have an air pump under my foot. Well, that, no, you're not supposed to reveal... <laughs> The secrets. Don't tell them the trick. <laughs> right. no, it's, Come on. Now it's no longer exciting. <laughs> but but I'll say this. Uh, you know, as people listen, 
I think even the most devoted, those most devoted to the rosary and our Blessed Mother will will appreciate some aspects of what we do. And, and there are certainly a lot of people that go like, well, you know, I understand there's this rosary thing, and I've seen a lot of the Hollywood movies, and they've always got these rosaries in there. And, uh, you know, some Catholic nun has one when she's warding off some evil spirit or something, you know, and it's like that that's their vision of Catholicism and the rosary, even when they're Catholic sometimes. Well, I think also there could be Catholics out there who, you know, they've prayed the rosary their whole life, but they never really actually got taught what they're doing yes. what, what the rosary is exactly and so it can get really confusing so then sometimes our separated brothers and sisters right so our protestant friends will go like well you guys are you know you're doing these like these uh you know uh you're just rattling off prayers you're just saying these meaningless things and they're not typically big fans of the hail mary anyway <laughs> right and uh, even though it's scriptural uh but but the, you know and 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 even catholics start going like well why am i doing this i'm just yeah. i'm just like repeating words over and over and over again what what am i actually doing so we thought we would endeavor uh to take this uh, five mysteries at a time uh and go through the 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 mysteries um uh, of the rosary it's a good month for that, being October. As we go into October, go into October. right? And uh, and so uh, this will be an opportunity to do that. So, Sam, we should probably start uh, where where the rosary, like where where does it begin? Because obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jesus said the rosary while he was on the Sermon <laughs> of the Mount. Right. right. No, he didn't. <laughs> We're not writing scripture here. <laughs> well, so it's commonly attributed to St. Dominic. Yeah. Um, as to whether there were rosaries prior to St. Dominic, there's different discussions that people have had. But um, St. Dominic was circa... Yeah, the 1200s. Same, he, and, uh, and he had a vision from the Blessed Virgin Mary asking him to spread devotion to her rosary. And, uh, you know, as Deacon Jeff said, the rosary has some introductory prayers. It's got, you do the in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You do the uh, Apostles' Creed, the Our Father. You do three Hail Marys for faith, hope, and charity, and the glory be. That's how you open it. But most people, what they associate with the rosary are the decades of the rosary. Right. Now, so I will say this. Uh, I want to make it clear. We're not necessarily going to walk through exactly how you pray a rosary. Oh, sure. No, right? no. These shows will be focused on... Uh, the 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 various mysteries. Oh yeah. All right. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I want to make sure people know that it's very easy. It's simple. In fact, uh, we go to our friend Google. Uh, you could probably do it. You know, hey Siri, t- tell me how to pray the Rosary. And I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. I've never tried that, so be careful. We gotta try that. <laughs> well, so simply mentioning that you know the reason it's a, a decade of the Rosary is called a decade is because it has ten Hail Marys attached, right? And so when you pray a decade of the rosary, we're supposed to be meditating upon one of the mysteries of the rosary. Okay, so this is now we're going to get into the space of meditative prayer, which is an ancient practice within the church. And, and a common framework is of prayer within the Catholic Church is moving from vocal prayer to meditative prayer to contemplative prayer. Now, you had mentioned earlier, you know, reciting prayers, you know, memorized prayers. So that tradition is called vocal prayers, right? Vocal prayer. And, uh, you know, but we we were praying these vocal prayers, uh, you know, 10 Hail Marys at a time. What we're actually doing is it's allowing us to move, to turn our hearts and minds to prayer. We're opening ourselves to receiving the graces of prayer. And then when we use that moment to do so while meditating on a mystery, we're actually moving from vocal prayer to meditative prayer. 
And, and you know, we're not going to focus too much on, on the, you know, the difference between meditative prayer and contemplative prayer, but contemplative prayer is a, a, you can also have a movement from that, from meditative prayer towards contemplative prayer, even including within the context of the rosary. And a, a word for contemplative prayer is infused prayer, where the Holy Spirit is ostensibly taking over your meditative prayer and taking you into a place of holy contemplation and union with him. It just means going deeper and deeper. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, in, into, uh, through the Spirit as a gift, through the Spirit, you know, in, into God. Yeah, and contemplative prayer is an action of, is, is completely an action of God. You're not able to be like, you know what, I'm going to start going into contemplative prayer right now. Like, God is the person who lifts you from meditation to contemplation. You can crack open a, uh, one of your, uh, uh, your catechism of the Catholic Church, and you're going to find... Uh, great explanations of these types of prayer. Yes. They're very common. They're very acceptable. They're uh, they're wonderful. So don't start thinking like contemplative prayer. That's like that. Is that kind of an Eastern thing? And it's like n- there are, there are things that you can delve into that in- end up becoming a little unhealthy. But oh, sure. not these things. What you're mentioning here is good stuff. That stuff too is a big deal because that's where we get a lot of criticism from our Protestant brothers and sisters, the Woodrows of the world. Oh sure, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, because they don't. There's not a. Well, I think they just see it as rote, right? Memory or rote. But there's a higher purpose. It is to go deeper in our relationship with God. And and prior to the rosary, so priests and religious would use the scriptures for meditative and contemplative prayer. And Lectio Divina, that's a classic example, using the Psalms for meditation during Liturgy of the Hours. And what they were doing is they were contemplating the mysteries of the faith using scripture, right? And the rosary came about because so many people, especially in the time of St. Dominic, were illiterate. So it's hard to meditate upon scriptures if you're illiterate. However, even if you're illiterate, you can still learn the mysteries of the rosary, and then you can use the rosary to meditate upon those mysteries. So I would I would add at this point, talking about, you know, again, just to help those understand, there are some explanations as to why there might be ten, like a decade. Oh, sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. I just, I want to mention that, like, uh, like there were, there one explanation, this is not like uh, official church history, Yeah. but one small t tradition is that... Uh, in those times, people that desired to pray with the the monks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there are 150 psalms. Yes. Right? Yeah. And if there's 100, well, in, in some translations, it would be 151 because one psalm gets right. separated. But, but in tradition, there's 150 psalms. There were originally three sets of mysteries, yes. of five mysteries each, five decades. Three times, uh, three 50, times yeah. fifty becomes one hundred and fifty. So yes. if you were illiterate, you could pray one hundred and fifty Hail Marys, yes. and you'd essentially be praying with the monks, as it were, in a way that an illiterate person could do. But anyway, that's a small teacher. It's just nice to know those little things that they aren't random. But it, but it makes meditative and contemplative prayer accessible to the common yes. man. That's the yes. purpose. And 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 all the and, and all of this meditation and contemplation is also happening via the intercession of our Blessed Mother. So as we're praying these ten Hail Marys and praying a decade of the rosary, we are literally asking Our Lady to intercede to assist us in our meditation and our, and our, and our seeking to contemplate these mysteries. Um, and so and another important point is the different mysteries of the rosary have different fruits that are traditionally associated with them. Um, so in meditating upon one mystery, we might seek to grow to on, in humility. And meditating on another mystery, we may seek to grow in faith or patience or courage or love of neighbor. And as you'll see, in focusing on the fruit of a mystery, it can also help us uh, apply that mystery to our everyday lives. And we're, we're going to do that, we're gonna ex- you know, showcase that today in our conversation about it. Um, you know, today we begin our journey with the first joyful mystery. Right. Well, so, but, but I want to make sure people know that this, this little next series of five shows 
are going to be on the joyful mysteries. Yes. Right? So we're going to focus on the joyful mysteries, uh, and, and we'll do the other sets of mysteries later, but right now, joyful. And the first joyful mystery, it's, it's one of the most important mysteries of our faith. It's the Annunciation. Yes. Uh, you know, the Annunciation is when the angel Gabriel greets our Blessed Mother and presents God's plan of salvation to her, along with the part that she is called to play in salvation history. Uh, it's also when Our Lady gives her fiat. And as a fruit of her fiat, it's when our Lord Jesus, co-eternal with the Father, steps into time and takes on flesh within her womb. So meditating upon this mystery is especially important for us as Catholics because our faith is an incarnational faith. Yes. Now, I, I do want to talk about the fiat just for a second. Oh, of course. Because the, the, the fiat, and we hear that expression, this is Latin for yes, yes, <laughs> you know, uh, it's important to understand that even though Mary was prepared for the role she would play. Yes. Uh, and we've done lots of shows about Mary and and uh, and the fact that she was, you know, immaculately conceived and that she was preserved from the stain of sin all her life, right? We we've done shows about that, but but even though she was prepared in that way, it was not a given that she would do this. So right. it's important that that the Lord would essentially ask her. So the angel Gabriel basically said, "Okay, you're okay with this, right?" Right. I mean, so this was this was her uh, her will. I mean, is her her human will? She chose to do this. So that's why the fiat is so important to us. Well, something that we've talked about before is you know freedom. I mean, I mean love moves through freedom, kind of like wave travels through a medium, right? And so God, you could say God in His humility has chosen to give us freedom and not have control over us, right? And then in the same it way, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be freedom otherwise, right. which <laughs> right. means it wouldn't be love, exactly. And yeah. then in the same way, though, because He has given us that freedom, He's given us an opportunity to. You know, we love because God loved us first, right? And she is, as we'll see as we go through the uh, uh, the Annunciation st- narrative. You know, she was fully graced. He, you know, she was greeted by the angels. You who are, were, always will be fully graced, right? And so, in that love that was poured into her, she, as a fruit of that, she received that, and she gave her yes within that place of freedom, right? And I think this all points to what we were uh, in terms of the fruit of the mystery. For, is humility, and so I think we our, our listeners already have a taste of why uh, the fiat, why the Annunciation, it, why its fruit is humility, and how we can use this process of meditating upon uh, the first joyful mystery as a means of of growing in uh, humility. Uh, and, and so here we're not going to pray a decade of the Rosary, but. What we're going to do instead is we're going to read a scripture, the scripture associated with this mystery. Um, and as we do, you know, for all of you out in Radio Land, I really encourage you to please just allow yourself to take a moment to take in this scripture as it's being read. To reflect upon what this mystery is teaching us about humility. What is the Lord speaking to your heart about humility as you listen to um, this scripture? And then let's also be open to reflecting as we listen to the scripture, how we too might personally grow in humility by praying this mystery. So let me, let me, let me read for us. Uh, this is taken from the gospel according to Luke uh, in the first uh, chapter, uh, and it's uh, verses 26 through 38. 
In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has, uh, was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's just such a beautiful oh, yes. yeah, passage. And, and, you know, a lot of times we don't, we, you know, we hear this in preparation for Christmas time. Sure, sure. Right. That's when it normally comes up in our cycle. And, and at the same time, uh, some of our uh, uh, Protestant brothers and sisters don't often hear this. And really, I mean, in addition to preparing for Christmas time, we kind of need to prepare for every day. You can prepare yes. for every day by reading this passage Amen. and meditating upon it. Sure. Exactly. Well, and I think if we ask ourselves, what does this first joyful mystery teach us about humility? If there was one word, Sam, what would that one word be? <laughs> well, what, what, what would that? Oh, what would like if it was? The, what does it teach us? Oh, what does it teach us about humility? I'm sorry. Yes. Humility. <laughs> That's the one word. So. To begin, I think it teaches that humility is not about being down on yourself. It's not about thinking that you're a nobody or a good for nothing, because that's false humility. Uh, to quote St. Thomas Aquinas, humility is truth. To be humble is to be get grounded in the truth of who you are in God. So let's take a look at how the angel greets our Blessed Mother here. So the translation for uh, for that greeting, it, it actually it, it doesn't actually fully capture what the angel Gabriel right, and, and, said. And we should stop, because I, I read from the, the Revised Standard Version. Yeah. Uh, typically, at, like at a mass, you're going to hear in the New American Bible, and you're going to hear "Hail, favored one." Right, right. But at the same time, sometimes the translation that what you'll read, you'll hear is "Hail, full of grace." And right. so there's a there's a a, a root word. Yes, that drives what transmani. Yeah, which which you know it's it's one of those words that's so loaded and it's so packed that it's hard to efficiently translate it in a yeah. way that's like just readable, right? Uh, and so it's basically saying, "Hail you who were, are, and always will be fully graced," or you could say, "Overflowing with grace." So that's this, all in kakaratomi. Yes, yeah, kakaratomi is is Kikaratomene. a yeah yeah it's it's but anyway. <laughs> Uh, it, a really good translation would be like, Hail, uh, you who have been graced and prepared for this moment. Oh, sure. Yeah, but you the, are full of grace. And, but the, 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 the point in terms of saying that were, are, always will be is that that's the tense in which yes. it's written. And it's the same tense that when Jesus says it is written. You know what I mean? That's the eternal word that he's yes. quoting. He's, she's being her immaculate conception. You know, her state of being fully graced 
is being stated in those terms. And this is before her fiat. This is before she gave. That's uh, right. In preparation of her fiat. And so it's like you you were graced, you are graced, and you will be graced. Well, and people say, oh, well, doesn't that what you're saying? I mean, you're you're, you're putting too much, you're giving way too much credit to Mary here. It's like no, grace comes from God. Yes, right. Okay, so like she, that's not something that she was just able to do on she her own. She didn't earn it. Yes, it was poured into her. <laughs> grace. Yeah. Right. And so, but this is the truth of who our Blessed Mother is. She's the vessel chosen by God, created by God, to welcome the incarnation into our world. And so it is true that that is who Mary is. And so it's actually humble of her to accept this truth about herself. So if we're going to seek humility, let's receive in self-honesty the truth about ourselves. And that includes... Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of times humility is tough. It's like, man, I don't want to look at this ugly truth about myself. Fair. It's not always fun to do that. But sometimes humility is about taking ownership, receiving, allowing yourself to receive the good about yourself. Because, again, humility is truth. Uh, You know, another thing is, you know, not only did the angel Gabriel greet her as Caracatomani, he also told her, behold... You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Yeah, so this is not like her going like, oh, yeah, you mean so like it's Wednesday? I mean, (laughs) this is not an ordinary thing. This is huge. At at the same time, though, she doesn't do like a victory dance for herself. She doesn't do like, you know, the the icky shuffle. That's right. (laughs) She doesn't say, look how great I am. (laughs) She says... You know, she, what she says is like you. Does she? But so like, there's a balance here. On one hand, she doesn't do a victory dance for herself. On the other hand, she doesn't say, "I'm sorry, you've got the wrong woman," right? She doesn't do either of those things. So how she? How does she respond? It's an interesting moment because she says, "How can this be? Since I have no relations with a man." So we see this balance. She didn't deny the angel's message, and she didn't use. Uh, the angel's message to aggrandize herself or both, she merely asked for some clarification. She wanted to understand the truth of what the angel was saying the best she could. And this makes sense again, because humility is truth. Uh, And the angel gave her that clarification. And so the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So what does that tell us about humility? It's similar to what we were saying earlier. The great things that are being described are what God is doing. It's our part to cooperate and give our yes to God. That each of us is called to a fiat. Yes. Right? Each of us. Each of us have been blessed. Love is being poured upon us, being made available to us. We've been loved into existence. We've been blessed with gifts. And it's our choice whether we're going to respond to our universal call to holiness and give our yes in accordance with God. I think it's important also to focus on the closing words of the angel. Because the angel says nothing will be impossible for God. And so I think if we're going to have humility, we also need to have an understanding that there is a God and he is not me. Right. <laughs> we Specifically be... Sam. He is not Sam. <laughs> he is not Sam. <laughs> and we have to be grounded in the understanding that with God, all things are possible. Like humil- humility is about knowing who we are in God and understanding the bigness of God and his power being unfathomably vast and entrusting ourselves in him. To him and in his bound and the boundlessness of his power, his wisdom and his goodness. And that's what our, our blessed mother does here with her fiat when she says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it may it be done to me according to thy word. Mm, amen. 
Yeah, I'm glad she said that, by the way. Ha! Yeah, no kidding. And, and, well, and she didn't place any conditions upon it. Right. Yeah, she was totally, it was totally open-ended. It's almost like she could have also said, like, all right, so you've said a lot of stuff. Like, so what's going to happen next? Right, right. <laughs> a lot of people would do that. But it, 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 But she had, she's in total trust at this point. But there too. would be pride in that, right? If you have to be in ah, control yeah. of what's going to happen next, if you're not willing to step into the unknown. See, that willingness to step into the own, unknown underlying that is a trust in his and God's wisdom, and part of power, the humility, and goodness. Yes. Right? The humility that she's exercising here. And so if we meditate upon these examples of humility, let's we can challenge ourselves to personally grow in humility. We can ask ourselves, are there ways in which I'm arrogant or full of myself? Are there ways in which I do victory dances for me and make it all about me? Uh, on the flip side, are there ways that I'm down on myself? Do I sometimes think of myself as a good for nothing? Uh, are there ways that... I place limits on God. Do I ever think of myself? Uh, do, do I ever think to myself that my problems are too big for God? Um, do I think? Do I sometimes need to have all the answers? Just like we were saying before, if I don't have all the answers, am I stuck? Am I trapped by my own desire for control? So I mean, if the answers to any of these questions is a yes, and for most of us, I think in one way or another, it will be. You know, let us meditate upon Mary's example in the first joyful mystery and challenge ourselves to grow in humility. And let, let us seek her intercession to help us grow in that fruit of humility as we pray that decade of the rosary. Amen. So, wow, the first joyful mystery. And it's truly joyful, right? It's the, it's the beginning of a lot of things. And I, I, I do, I want to reiterate some things we've said. But w- one of those is that essentially when we're, when we're meditating upon these mysteries, and that's what we're doing, and we're, we're saying Hail Mary's, uh, we, we've done a show here at the Catholic Cafe about the rosary, and we had Father James Blunt, uh, who uh, was our guest at the time, and, and he mentioned something about how the Hail Marys were like a drumbeat, and essentially these these mysteries are like the melody of a beautiful song. Mm. And and so these the, let these Hail Marys be a drumbeat so that, that, that this your, your relationship with the Lord then becomes more clear and more in focus, and it helps us to to see Jesus more clearly because that's what Mary does is she allows us to see Jesus more clearly. That's her role in all of this. Mm-hmm. This is not about Mary, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people think. All right, and so this first joyful mystery is sort of like the annunciation of something great. Mm-hmm. Right, this is not. This is the beginning of something amazing, which is the greatest moment in all of human existence. When God is, God enters into time, right? When He takes on flesh for us, and so that's what this this is this is what happens in a rosary. This is what we're we're contemplating ultimately. What we meditate upon that leads us into a profound relationship with Jesus Christ through the gift of Mary, right? Listen to his to to, to to listen to my son, she says, and and do what he tells you, and that's that's what her role is, and that's what she does in this rosary. So, as 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 Catholics, we love the rosary, but as Catholics, we need to be better at understanding most fully what God intends for us, and that that with all of this, n- there nothing should be impossible for God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.